The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. New York Bozo! Yes, it was all Green Bay Packers. Just how we like a Packers Bears game at Lambeau Field. 41 to 25, the final score, of the game ending just a minutes ago. The 100th win for the Packers in this rivalry. We are two Schlitz of the Wind here on the APC podcast rapid reaction show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for downloading. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Follow the show at the APC pod. And I am happy to be joined tonight, late into the evening by my good buddy, John Meerdink. How are you, man? Very good to be here. I'm doing pretty well. It's it's a late night here in Ohio, but I can't complain. You know, the last time we did this, uh, we did this. I made a joke about um, com- beat writers who complain about having to do stuff late at night. Um, but I'm... I don't know. The older I get, I'm getting more sympathy for it because I'm fading fast. I mean, you're on East Coast time. It's only 10 p.m. for me here on Mountain Time, and I'm about ready for bed. It 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 is a late night, but I, you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the world either. It's kind of a fun thing to do just a couple times a year. Well, and what a game um, to sort of keep us excited, keep the juices flowing. The Packers, you know, badly needed a get right game. And enter one Mitchell Trubisky, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Trubisky throwing two picks, fumbling once. John, how is this for a cap to your Thanksgiving weekend? I have no complaints at all. I mean, neither of those interceptions by Darnell Savage were particularly, you know, impressive or exciting. But they're also kind of weird in the way that you have to be like an elite Uber level athlete to even be in the ballpark of making those plays. Sure. It was it was really cool to see. And Mitch Trubisky, just every time the Packers play, it seems like he finds a new way to be mystifyingly bad. Yeah. Like it's, it, it almost seems like an act at a, on occasion. Like, is, <laughs> is he doing this on purpose? Is this a bit? No, he's just trying his best, I guess. Speaking of uh, doing it on purpose, so this is a huge digression and we're only like four minutes into the show. But uh... <laughs> For the first time this year, I got to uh, tune into the broadcast in time to hear the Sunday night football song. Um, 
it gets worse every year and it feels like they're doing it on purpose. I don't know. It's like purposefully bad. I don't don't know if you have an opinion on that. I must have just missed it because I thought like you, I was going to tune in in time to see the song and I tuned in about eight, 12 local time and I apparently had missed it. I missed it so badly that I only saw like one stinger of it during the, during the broadcast. And I thought, oh, maybe they didn't do a song this year because of the, I don't know, because of the pandemic. I just assumed that the pandemic has ruined everything. (laughs) Um, So they just, just didn't do it for some reason. Who knows? But no, I guess it's back and worse in a new and different way this year. (laughs) Back and worse than ever. Stinger. That's some nice uh, industry jargo oh, yeah. For, yeah. for you. Uh, no, it gets worse every year. They're cramming all kinds of syllables in there. It, it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, let's talk about football. Aaron Rodgers um, having himself a game becoming the 11th player in NFL history to pass 50,000 passing yards, spreading the ball around, finding seven different pass catchers tonight. He tried to play it down in the postgame uh, interview like they're, those are just old man stats. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's pretty cool too. I mean, you, you don't, it's not something you see every day. Fifty thousand yards is a lot, even in the modern NFL, and it says something about longevity. You have to be around for a long time to get to fifty thousand yards. So even if, you know, some of it is just a product of the the version of the NFL that he plays in now, you still got to complete all the passes, and he's completed a heck of a lot of them. Couldn't agree more. Um, the offensive line I wanted to hit on really quickly because Corey Lindsley goes down. Uh, at the center position and Elton Jenkins steps in 30 uh, pass blocking snaps, zero pressures. This guy is just uh, a blessing really. (laughs) If I could be so bold. Yeah. I I don't think you're underselling it at all. When I did, we did our mid season awards for Acme packing company. He was my offensive player of the year, not because he's overwhelmingly good even though he is at at his primary position of left guard, but he just does so many things for the offense. Just he can step in anywhere they need him at the drop of a hat and just be a starting caliber lineman at any position on the line. It's amazing. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. Yeah, it it really is remarkable. And it was interesting. He comes into the game and Matt LaFleur right away tests running up the middle with I think Jones just to see like can we still uh, do it with Jenkins in there and it worked like a charm and they kept doing it all game long but I think that also says something about um, the the absence of uh, of Akeem Hicks and I wonder if this is a little bit of a different ball game if he's in there yeah not that I would ever go out of my way to feel bad for a, a Bears fan or player or anything to do with their organization but you could just see him like aching on the sideline like i want to be out there watching those runs go up the middle and i I almost felt bad for him just just for a a second because you you know i'd respect him as a competitor he wants to be out there doing his job but the packers clearly had no fear of the middle of the bears defense and they did some really creative things uh tony dungy for his his faults in in the booth you know had an, an interesting little segment i think late in the in the third quarter about the different things that the Packers were doing with their offensive line to keep the the Bears linebackers off guard. And it it worked. Whatever they were doing running up the middle worked. And certainly not having Akeem Hicks in there helped the Packers a lot, but they did a lot of good things on their own as well. Yep. Yep. Uh, you you said Tony Junji for, I guess, for better or for worse. I thought that he did a good job in the booth. I don't know. I liked the Mike Tirico, Tony Dungy booth. This is not hard-hitting football analysis, but I know that you like to talk about commentators. <laughs> he, he was he was better than I thought he was going to be. I've heard him just in passing, I think, on a couple Notre Dame broadcasts, I want to say, just a, a 
Saturday afternoon college slate for NBC. And it's been fair to Midland, I would say, but I thought he was pretty solid tonight. A couple times he almost sounded like pre-recorded, like <laughs> just generic, like stuff that you'd expect in a, in a Madden game, like just some generic third and eight conversion or third and eight playing. What they're really looking to do here is get to the sticks and just see what happens. You know, just kind of <laughs> stuff like that. But like, uh, other than that, you know, he was, he was solid. He didn't get in his own way like Greg Jennings does on occasion, but it, he, he was pretty good. That reminds me of uh, an old Simpsons episode where they had a uh, an Al Gore doll with like a pull string, and he pulled the string, and it was just Al Gore saying, "You are hearing me talk." <laughs> he does have a little bit of that vibe sometimes, but that's just—I think that's the Tony Dungy experience too. Is yeah. he, he just is that kind of guy. That's that's who he is through and through. Mike Tirico, though, I really like Mike. I don't know. I I like Mike Tirico a lot. I think as far as play-by-play guys he's right up there with with the best in the business yeah. for some reason he doesn't get the same like the the correction on joe buck has just been something to watch he went from being kind of a, a little bit of a pariah to as soon as he got in on the joke it like he's like sacrosanct now nobody can make fun of him Tariko's never had the same same kind of image buffing it seems like as like a joe buck or an al michaels at least not yet yeah no he's just been consistently very good at his at his job and very likable too. He's really good on the radio too, like just as a radio host, and I think that really helps him in the booth. But that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, okay, let, we'll get back to football, I guess. Um, talking about the the Packers defense showed up, I guess, in a in a big way here today. Although, as you mentioned, um, every time the Packers play Mitch Trubisky, he finds new mystifying ways to uh, be bad at football. Um, what are we to take away from this defensive performance, if anything at all? I, you can poke at it a little bit for, you know, surrendering a couple scores late, but I, I don't know if there's anything that you really want to shake a stick at here. Nothing, nothing really to find fault with. I was surprised looking at the bear stats that there was nobody who had a career best day. I was expecting <laughs> even like Darnell Mooney. Like he made a couple plays and I expected to go to his pro football reference play or page and find that, you know, his, his, he had a career high or something like that, but no, they didn't even give up a career day to some random third or fourth string receiver. I I don't really have any complaints. Yeah. I thought the, uh, the combination of, uh, and they highlighted it a little bit, the combination of Preston Smith and, uh, Rashawn Gary on the outside and then Zadarius Smith wiggling on the inside with um, with Kenny Clark in there. I thought that that was a really formidable uh, front and they did a good job getting to Trubisky and rattling his cage. It seemed like this is a better role for Preston Smith, not having to be one of the two primary guys on the outside, being able to come in and be a little bit more strategic. When he knows exactly what he has to do, it seems like he did a pretty good job at it. Uh, when he knew he had to get after the passer, he was able to do that. When he knew that he was in a, in a run situation on a third and short or whatever, he snuffed down a couple uh, read option type plays. I I think he played probably his best game of the season. Now, that's not saying a whole lot, but it was it was a good effort. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Darnell Savage and those, those two interceptions. Uh <laughs> We can't take away the uh, from him the fact that they happened. I guess, <laughs> I guess it's my observation. They there. certainly did. <laughs> they occurred. Trubisky gives and Trubisky takes away, and he was giving a lot to the Packers defense today. Yeah. 
I don't know. You know, it's it's funny. Um, we've only gone about fifteen minutes here, but I'm I'm running out of notes because this was one of those games, and it happened a few times earlier in the year where I, I kind of try to take thorough notes uh, throughout the game and and keep a little bit of a log. But we got about halfway through the second quarter, and I just thought I don't need to take any more notes. This is going to be a blowout, and the Bears made it a little bit interesting, but. Um, uh, ultimately, it was a blowout, and I had, I had uh, was texting with some friends before the game, and I said that this game had two possible outcomes. It was either going to be fourteen to thirteen, or it was going to be something like thirty-nine to sixteen. And I guess I was a bit too conservative <laughs> in my mark there. I did not expect what is it sixty-six total points in this game. Here's something. Here's something you might be able to take away from this game if you're looking for the get-right game. We've talked about Preston Smith. We've talked about Darnell Savage. How about Equinemia St. Brown coming up with 39 yards? I actually had to go and look it up. That's the most yards he's had in a game since week 16 of 2018. Obviously missed all of last season, but he's finding a little bit of a role in the offense. I agree. And yet every time he gets the ball in his hands, I just he's the way that he moves. I'm like, you do know what you're supposed to do at this point, right? <laughs> Am I wrong there? Towards the end zone, not the sideline. Like right. up, up the field, up the field. But still, I mean, it, it is nice to see. And you're, you're right. It's not it's not always pretty. And it, I, I'm still early in the season when Alan Lazard was going deep all the time. It seemed like every third play he was catching a deep ball. The biggest obstacle seemed to be getting in his own way, like tripping over the 15-yard line or something like that. I get that feeling with every single step that Equinemia St. Brown seems to take right now. Like, is this going to be the step where he turns it upfield and takes it in for a touchdown? Or is he going to get lost between the 25 and the 24-yard line on his way (laughs) to the sideline when he should be going up the field? It's an adventure. It's an adventure. Speaking of an adventure, I feel like... um... The 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 Robert Tanyan Robert Tunyon, excuse me, Tunyon experience has been an adventure over the last uh, few years. And and we have our um we have our guys that we talk about on our show. He has been my guy. He can't be anyone else's guy at this point. You can't adopt him because now I think he is officially he's he's gone from guy to dude to player. I think Robert Tunyon is a player, man. I agree. And the play that's going to stick with me from this game, from from his box score, I guess, is the play near the sideline. I think it was in the second quarter. Oh, yeah. He was headed towards the sideline. And instead of just allowing himself to be escorted out of bounds, he found Danny Trevathan and just drove him into the ground, which is something you love to see. Because if you remember a couple of years back, he had that awful hit on Devontae Adams that knocked him out of the game. So that is something you love to see. Yeah, a guy, a guy who deserves to get hit. <laughs> yeah now and then so i i enjoyed that immensely and i thought of you actually when it happened because you are i guess driving the robert tunyon bandwagon at this point yeah the train i i appreciate that that you uh that you thought of me and i appreciate that you are joining me here late at night to uh recap uh although the score doesn't fully reflect it what was really a slaughter 41 to 25 um john thank you for for joining me any any uh last words or final thoughts here as we wrap up it's always good to beat the Bears. Can't complain about that. Always, <laughs> and the Bears still suck. And with that, I think uh, we are we are going to go to bed. John, thank you for for uh, for joining me. That is going to do it for us. Forty-one to twenty-five again. The final score at Lambeau Field. Like, subscribe, 
uh, tell your grandparents, grab their phone and just like subscribe our show on their phone. And then, you know, it's, we get the numbers. They, they don't know what's going on. It's fine. I'm going to hit the outro music. And, and that is that Packers are back on track. They face the Eagles soon. That'll be a get even writer game. Hopefully we'll see later. <laughs>